Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Amen. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, we'll get right into the Word of God. I want to thank you for making it out. Matthew chapter 5. Amen. And so... Praise God. So in the 1960s, there were thousands of newborn babies in Australia that were born with uh, rhesus disease. And it was basically this condition they found where the mother's blood attacks the blood in the baby she's carrying. You can imagine this, this disease was causing issues. And so it was discovered there was a donor, a blood donor named James Harrison, and his blood carried a rare antibody that could prevent the disease. And so for over 60 years, from the age of 18 to 81, James Harrison has been donating blood every single week. He's known in Australia, he's a local hero there, and he's known as the man with the golden arm. And so the Red Cross uh, 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 contributes the Harrison as saving the lives of over 2.4 million babies, including his own grandson. And all he does is simply give his blood, and because it has the antibody, it can save many lives. How many know as believers we have the antibody? What we have saved lives. The grace and the gospel, the truth that God has given us can save the life of souls. So my question to you this morning, are you sharing the antibody that God has given you? Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 14. Jesus says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come before your throne. We ask, God, you would speak to us, God, and let us know that as we would Proclaim your word, God. We have the answer for this lost and hopeless generation. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So I want to preach a sermon, the church with the golden tongue. The first thing we want to consider is the light of the world. So the light of the world, right? Jesus says, uh, uh, before this, he says in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He spoke to them again. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And so Jesus came to earth specifically 
to give people a way to guide them through darkness. He is the light of the world. He is what, uh, you know, uh, uh, his salvation. He is the way that people could make it into eternity. He is their hope of redemption. And so the thought when he came to earth, if you follow the light, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. You'll be guided through life and you'll be guided into eternity. And so this is a picture of Christianity, right, that we would walk along the light and all the world lives in darkness and confusion and chaos. But the believer sees this light and as we follow it, we can make it for God. And so in the text we read, it also says you are the light of the world. Right? He says, I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. How is, how is this possible? And what he is saying is simple. He is the light that is within us. Jesus has given us this light. As he returned to heaven, we carried the torch. That we, are, we represent him now. We are the light. And so we have the responsibility as believers to guide others. The truth is, is how we live our lives as Christian, it does matter. It matters, right? How we respond to situations, how we react to circumstances, how we respond uh, uh, in, in righteousness and truth and how we live our lives, it matters. Very interesting. James Harrison, once he found out he had this antibody, he then had an obligation There was then this responsibility that I have to help others, that I have to share this. This antibody could help millions. There was something inside of him. And if he would simply give it of himself, he could help. He could save millions. That's a picture of you and I as Christians. Right. It's Jesus. He is the light of the world. And then he says to you and I as believers, now you are the light of the world. That there is an antibody, there is a hope inside of us. And we have a responsibility to reach the lost, to guide them, to bring them to salvation. As he said, you are the light of the world. You're a city on a hill. You are on display. How many know we live in an hour of darkness? It doesn't take much looking around to know we are surrounded, that darkness is encroaching upon us. It surrounds us. It's in politics. It's in popular culture. It's in water cooler talk. It's all around us. People are not living for God. It's as if sin is accelerating. The anti-God, the anti-Christian ideas. And maybe you heard of Amy Carlson. Anybody heard of this woman? Amy Carlson is the founder of the Love Has One cult. And she died back in April, but this was interesting. I I got this story, and this was right in our own backyard, Cannon City. This is where she was at. This is where this cult was at. And so what happened was they found out she started this cult. They call her Mother God, right? And so they did the autopsy. El Paso County Coroner did the autopsy, and they found Uh, uh, She died of alcohol abuse, opioid abuse, anorexia, and she was taking silver. She was injecting silver into her blood. Yeah, colloidal silver. Little tiny particles of silver and you just 
inject it, and it was supposed to heal her. It's supposed to have healing properties, and they're telling people, you know, hey, this is not working. Please don't do this. But the thing that's interesting, she had followers right here in our own city, right here, you know, in our own area. She had followers. She had people who, you know, uh, 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 followed her and, and submitted to her this mother God, this idea. Why, you know why she had followers? It's very simple because people are in darkness, broken, hopeless people right in our own city. They have no light to guide them. All the, it's the blind leading the blind. It's why people submit to these things because they're in darkness and all they know is darkness. Uh, and Jesus said in the midst of that, you are the light of the world. As believers, you are the ones who will give them hope. Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. He's seeing people, the, 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 the children of Israel, right? He's seeing his own people, his own nation, and he's looking at them and he's saying they're, they're confused, they're helpless, they're lost, and they're like sheep without a shepherd, And the point Jesus makes is how we live our lives matters as believers. This is what he's saying. He's saying you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. He's talking to the church. He's talking to believers, the disciples. What he's saying is I have purposely, intentionally put you on display. Your Christianity is on display. Your beliefs, your faith in God is on display. He says, listen, you don't put a lamp under a basket that doesn't make sense. If a city's on a hill, everybody's going to see it. He's saying your life is on display. I'm showing you off with the intent to guide others, to give light to those who are lost. You and I, we must realize that about ourselves. We don't think about we don't think about ourselves like that. Most right Christians, we don't you know, we're meek and humble and we don't think, man, God's putting me on display. God's showing me to others that how it's very interesting that God deals with people's hearts and he speaks to people. And he he listen, you may run across sinners who could care less about God, but I don't believe that's always what's going on in the heart. Right. That's not, you know, when you talk to someone or you try to share your faith and they're not interested and they can be standoffish. I get that. But that's not always what's going on in the heart. Sometimes in the heart, they're fighting with God. Right. They're fighting. They're wrestling with God just because on the outside they're saying, no, I don't want anything to do with that. You know, inside they can be fighting and wrestling and struggling against God. God, are you real? You you hear people's testimonies and sometimes it's like that right there. God, are you real? Is it is it real? I don't know if I believe or not. And they can be standoffish on the outside. But inside, man, they're fighting. One of the ways God shows people that he's real says, look at my servant here. Look at this man here. Go see for yourself. Go look at his life. Right. And outside, we're like, man, they don't they could care less. But inside, go go talk to him. Go see, go see their life. And this is what God does. He puts us on display so others can be one to him. So others can be brought to him. Our life is useful to God's purpose, church. 
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. James Harrison, there was something inside of him that was useful, right? It was, it was just there. It was inside of him. It's useful. And after that, he was obligated to share it. I have to share this. Every week he goes for 60 years. Yeah, I got to share this. Every, listen, I, I've, I've given blood before, and I don't know if y'all are scared of needles. They use big needles, man. One time this lady missed my arm. I haven't given blood since then. That's, I mean, she missed the vein. And not, <laughs> amen. But that is our life, church. Right? That, what God has given us, we are obligated to share it. Jesus has given us this light. He says, I am the light of the world. Now you are the light of the world. Because you have me within you, because you've decided, you've made a decision to live for Christ, to to accept him, now you have this light. You are the guide for people to make it to eternity. We have an obligation to share that. The second thing I want to consider is the hidden light, because the reality is we have a tendency to hide the light. This is what he's saying. This is why he's addressing this issue. He says, a city on a hill, a lamp in a room. You don't hide these things. You don't hide what God has given you. You read this scripture and the disciples did just that. And this is what he's trying to address. They met in hiding after Jesus went to the cross. He was crucified. What the Bible says, for fear of the Jews, they met in hiding that this is exactly what they did in our nature. We can begin to hide what God has given us. The tendency to feel fear about letting our light shine, right? There's a movement and it's, it's basically, it's within the church. And the idea was just, just be nice to people. Because if you be nice to them, eventually they'll ask you, why are you so nice? You know, and that's, you know, and yeah, there's some truth to that, right? You can't be a jerk to people when you're a Christian. I understand that. But, but there was this idea, right? You just, just be nice, buy someone a hamburger, and eventually they'll say, why? Why did you buy me a hamburger? And then you can share your faith. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's true, but, the, but more true than that, yeah, how we act matters, but proclaiming Jesus matters too. That we would be a people, we would not hide or be ashamed of proclaiming Christ. That we would show the light inside and we, how we act and how we live our lives matters, but also what we say. That we would be a people that would take the time and take the opportunity and say, listen, there's a light inside of me. There's hope inside of me. I found the way to eternity. Would you like to follow? And this is what it means to proclaim Christ. And we're saying, hey, there's good news for your life. You don't have to just roam around in darkness. All your life, you don't have to just, you know, beat your head against the wall. There's a light that was given to me and you can follow this as well. When is the last time you've told someone about Jesus? When you tell someone, I'm a Christian, now they're watching you, right? That's how it goes. They want to see if it's real. Jesus said, don't shy away from this. Wear this proudly. That you proclaim Christ and you say, hey, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I live for God. I made a decision to get saved. And now wear this proudly. Now your life is on display. And that's okay. That this is this is exactly how Jesus would want it. Because ultimately what we fail to realize and sometimes in the throes of life, ultimately what we fail to realize is it's Jesus inside of us. That what the light that they're seeing is. Jesus. And that's okay. There's times where we can be mocked, right? There's external pressure that produces fear that tries to intimidate us to cover the light. And we don't know how people will react, right? We don't know how they'll respond. Will they mock us? Will they persecute us? Will they get upset that we're proclaiming Christ? Peter struggles. Jesus is on trial. The Bible tells us we know the story because of external pressure. He, he, he can't proclaim that he's a believer. He can't proclaim his faith in Jesus because of this external pressure, this external criticism that he'll face. He doesn't know what will happen. He feels uncertain. We've all been there. We must realize that it's the Holy Spirit that would give us the ability to shine our light boldly. Matthew 10, whoever denies me before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Hidden light is useless. Jesus, in the text before Matthew 5, he compares the believer also to salt. And salt is a different sermon, its uses. But he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if, a salt, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. In other words, what he's saying is if we hide, if we shy away from our, our faith and our Christianity, our belief and our convictions in God, what he has called us to do, we lose the very thing that makes us useful. A lamp under a basket is not useful, right? It's just what its main purpose, it's what it's for. It can no longer do that. And eventually you leave it under the basket long enough, I'm sure the flame will just go out. People are desperate for guidance, church. 
people are in darkness. We have the responsibility to point them to the light, to be that light. Proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. The gospel is meant to be preached. It's meant for us to proclaim. Yes, we it's both. You have to have both. And we live our lives in righteousness and doing well and, and, and being good to others. But we also proclaim the truth of Jesus. That is how we give of ourselves. I want to talk thirdly about letting your light shine. So we must proclaim the word. There's always opportunities to preach the word. Tell people how Jesus has changed your life. It does something in you when you proclaim Jesus. When you share your faith with somebody, stranger, friend, family member, whatever it is, coworker, it does something in you. There's something in you. There's many a days where I'm struggling, I'll be honest. I've been struggling, trying to just be motivated, trying to get back on track, you know, the holidays, whatever. You know, just trying to get back on track. Preaching Jesus does something. The, the, the rush of going and proclaiming Jesus to someone, not knowing how they'll respond. We have outreach, yes, but more than that, it's working with God. There's something about preaching Jesus and working with God. Whenever you preach Jesus, man, God is involved. He's involved in that. You can feel God more than even sometimes when you pray or read the word. The Holy Spirit can touch their hearts. Don't worry about what to say. Don't worry about getting rejected. Don't worry about fear. Pray simply, God, Holy Spirit, give me boldness. Give me words to say. Holy Spirit, just just I want to do this. I want to proclaim your word, your truth to the to the lost. I see people in darkness. Holy Spirit, help me and he'll help you. Right. He's he's not uh, uh, just there, you know, waiting for us to be perfect and then he'll help us. He's he's here to help us here and now, especially in this desperate hour at church. Think about the disciples. Right. These are God's chosen men. These are the 12 men that would start the church. And honestly, their start was not great. It wasn't. They abandoned Jesus, man. They denied him within earshot where he could hear him. They ran away afraid. And when he rose, honestly, they were still timid. When he rose from the dead, they knew, man, Jesus is alive. They were still kind of timid. It wasn't immediately they, they had this power. The Bible says they met in secret. They're, they're timid still. They're still afraid to share their faith. They're still afraid to proclaim Jesus is risen. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit hit them. This power hit them. This, it, says, it describes it as a tongue of fire upon their heads. And I don't know what that looks like, but I know it was powerful. This heavenly thing connected with them where they were, right where they were, they met them, their flaws and all, and they proclaimed Jesus, the Bible says, with boldness. There was a difference. And that is some, that's a gift to you and I as believers that ultimately the light that is inside of us is not just the fact that we want to do right and we want to make heaven. It's a Holy Spirit light. It's the fire of God, church. Acts 4.13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. That there was something different there. 
Man, this isn't just some guy, some kooky guy proclaiming his God. This is a man who'd been with Jesus. Their light was not their own. Their enemies knew that. Jesus is within them. The Holy Spirit gives that to you and I, church. That it says the promises to them and those who are afar off. We're afar off. He gives that to you and I. All we have to do is ask. Holy Spirit, give me boldness to proclaim your word. Give me boldness to face fear and face whatever tries to resist me. Face the enemy. And that people would know that I've been with you. People would know that you are my Lord. That the light that is inside of me is Jesus. And the scripture says... When you do that, they'll see and glorify your father. People will glorify God. They'll know that he's real because of us. Our concern is not persecution or being mocked. Our concern is that there are those that will see our light. It has to be something in there. There has to be a light. It's not just, man, he's a really nice guy. I wonder what he, what he does. You know, I wonder if it's yoga or, or meditation, whatever. It's more than that. When we let our light shine, when we proclaim the gospel truth, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. When we speak with that fiery boldness God has given to his church, there's truth, yes, and there's also grace. We can find balance because there's people out there. They, they proclaim Jesus, but it's not, there's no grace, right? And then other people, it's no, there's no truth of sin and God will give us balance, church. We can minister to people. People, sometimes we think of ourselves and we're honest. If we're honest, we're like, there's no way I could just say, I can't. I don't have it in me. I get that, man. I never thought I was going to be a preacher. Never in a million years. But the Holy Spirit gives us boldness. He gives us the words to say, the Bible says. He helps us. And when we minister, people can receive. That ultimately what they're seeing is, man, there's a light. There's a, a fire inside of them. What God has given us, we cannot hide, church. I'm going to close with this story. You know the most interesting thing about Harrison? He started donating blood before they ever knew he had this antibody. It wasn't this thing where they were like, hey, everyone donate blood and we're hoping that somebody. He was already donating blood. In fact, they wouldn't have found him if he wasn't already doing it. And so the reason why he was donating blood ever since he turned 18, he was donating blood. The reason why he started donating blood is because blood donors saved his life when he was 14 years old. He needed 27 pints of blood during lung surgery. They saved his life. It's other blood donors. Think about that. Because someone else saved his life, he then felt this obligation to give of himself. He was able to save all of these children, including his own grandson. That's a picture of you and I, church. We give of ourselves because of what has been given to us. Freely we have received, the Bible says. Freely we've been given salvation in the blessings of God. And in response to that, freely we give. Our city, our nation, our hour is desperate. We must be a people to shine our light in the darkness. To proclaim in the boldness of the Holy Spirit that Jesus can change your life. Amen. That's all I have. I ask every head bowed.
And every eye closed in respect to God and each other. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.